Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Sunday night in Big D, first year of the Dallas Open is in the books, and it was a smash success. Fans came out in droves, and they were rewarded with an American champion in year one and a Texas-sized champion at that. Coming up on our post-game coverage on this Sunday, highlights and trophy lifts from all four of our finals around the globe today. Our crack staff has called through every point played on tour this week to come up with the best of the best. And we look ahead to five new venues kicking off play tomorrow, including a crazy deep draw for the women in Dubai. Hi, everybody. Welcome to TC Live in our L.A. studios with Nico Pereira and Paul Anacone. I'm Brett Haber. You just saw Casper Ruud win the title in Buenos Aires. We'll show you how that went down with highlights in a couple minutes. Four champions crowned today. Which one stands out for you? It's always good to see a full court on a finals in Latin America. But to me, it's Felix's Sunday. You have to point out that the guy got his first title in nine finals the way he did it against who he beat Tsitsipas and he played really good tennis. Which one for you, Paul? I'm going to go with the ladies and I'm going to go with Contivate. I mean, it's been amazing to watch this indoor run, right? 20 matches in a row indoor. A lot of adversity today, a lot of a sh- lot of shifts back and forth, but in the biggest moments, all those wins in succession, a lot of confidence. She did a great job. 5-2 in the third down. Sakri had one in her grasp, maybe let it get away. We'll show you that in a couple of minutes, but let's start our whip around of championship highlights in Rotterdam. Sitsipas, the top seed. Felix Auger-Aliassime as Nico said in his ninth career final, yet to win one. Then again, Steph was 0-7 in 500 level finals. Uh, interesting day at the office for both of these guys. What about Felix winning 93% of his first serves, nearly 70 of his second, but won almost 70% of Sitsipas's second serve, put a ton of pressure on him right from the beginning. Dynamic power tennis and looking to come forward. He was so impressive. And one of the things Nico and I have been talking a lot about is how would the forehand hold up under pressure did a great job and we talked to some of our statistic friends looks like his forehand this week the rpms were up or about 300 per shot on average okay so that's a little more safety a little more spin in the biggest moment so when felix plays like that uses the athletic skills and hits shots like that no one is safe on the other side of the net it is so fun to watch this young canadian when he's in full flight he can do everything and he showed us today against one of the most Athletic, dynamic players on tour. Congratulations, Felix. It is long overdue. That is the joy of a man who had tried eight times and failed before. 27 winners, just seven on force today. Here's Felix as he finally got to lift some silver. Yeah, it's been uh, not the, the smoothest road since my first final three years ago. So it's, uh, it's an amazing day for me to, to get this first title, and especially here. Uh, actually, I played my first ATP main draw here, thanks to Richard for the wall card uh, a couple of years ago. So I guess uh, it's right to, that I get my first title here. 
I mean, it's uh, it's amazing. I have only good memories, uh, you know, to playing here in front of you. So, thank you for making it a, a special week for me that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Thank you. And lastly, my family, my team, uh, we've been together for, for a long time. Uh, it's great that my mom is here as well to win me, to see me win my first uh, title. It's special and, uh, you know, my family, my girlfriend here and it's great. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the happiest day of my, of my career and uh, hopefully, you know, this is the first of, uh, of many to come. So thank you and I'll see you next year. Thank you. Here, here, and he put a good speech on the end of it as well. So in addition to that first title today, Felix picks up his 12th match win of the year. That's most on tour, even more than Rafa, who has two titles, including a major. Today marked his third top 10 win of the year, his sixth top 20 win of the year. So half of his wins this season have been against top 20 opposition. Nico, why was he able to get it done today when he couldn't the first eight times? Well, he's been moving the pieces. I think one part of his game that got a lot better is his second serve. He didn't have enough of a curve in it. He has corrected that. And then the forehand we discussed with Paul. I think Tony Nadal has been instrumental in that repetition, have faith in the shots. It's been a long time coming, and he played really well in Australia. So he showed that, and that gave him confidence coming into this final. Yeah, it's always fun when you watch a player like this break through at this level because he's such a great kid. I mean, he ticks every box. He's humble. He works incredibly hard. He does all the right things. And to see all those frustrations in the finals has to be difficult. And, Nico, you hit the nail on the head with so many things. One of the things that I've loved to watch is how impressive he is against the best players. Mm -hmm. I mean, Rublev has been a nightmare in 500-level events, and he looked great against Rublev. Tsitsipas, one of the most incredibly athletic and talented players out there, he looked great today. And let's not forget the heartbreaking loss in Australia. That mm -hmm. was a loss yes. to Medvedev, but to play that well after getting shellacked by him in the ATP Cup Finals just about two weeks before, what a great turnaround. How, how do we explain Tsitsipas 0-8 now in 500-level finals. Is that an aberration or is there something to that? I think it's just an aberration. It just <laughs> happens to be 500 level finals. Look, we've seen him in the finals of majors. We saw him mm -hmm. in the ATP finals. We've seen him win Masters 1000. So yeah. I think it's just a little blurb on the statistic sheet right now. All right. We're not going to read too much into that. We will see Felix again a couple days in Marseille. He's in the draw there after a first round bye. Let's spin the globe to Russia. 500 level event for the women in St. Petersburg. Annette Contivate riding the 19 match indoor win streak and it's Certainly looked, Nico, like Maria Sakari was going to bring that streak to an end today. Sakari, also one of the hottest players on tour, not quite like Contavit, that turned it around. She had five back-to-back -back first round losses, and since then, we know what happened. She was down 5-2 in that first set, Sakari on the offense constantly. But one of the things about Contavit is she can do it both with her offense and her defense. Zachary takes that first set, 7-5. Here we are at 5-all. This one was contested point after point, grueling final. And, of course, Contavit will turn it around two set points. 6-4 in the tiebreaker, Sakari with the backhand error. That was the shot that led her down today. And on to the third set, we go again. A 5-2 advantage for Sakari on that one. And Kontavit comes roaring back on offense. That's the confidence talking to you. She just refuses to lose. And a break point, 5-all again with the defense. The winner cross-court. 
And that will set her up to serve for the match at 6-5. This one get, got close to the three-hour mark. Double match point for Contevit. And she takes down the number one seed. And the streak continues, as we've been saying. So to summarize, Sakari led 7-5, 3-1, then led 5-2 in the third. And Contevate still won. I can't quite believe it uh, right now. Um, yeah, of course, it's, uh, I'm very happy for that achievement. And uh, it was, oh wow, it was such a tough battle out, out there, uh, out here today. And uh, I'm, I'm a little bit speechless. All evidence to the contrary. Uh, so 20 straight for Contevate makes this the longest indoor win streak since Justine Enna in 2007. And five of those 20 wins in the streak have been versus top 10 opposition. So beating quality opponents in the process. We should point out, guys, uh, that in addition to the indoor streak, right, she has won Contivate five of the last 11 tournaments that she's played, regardless of surface. She's top 10 in the world now, Nico, but I feel like almost nobody, in fact, nobody talks about her as a slam contender. Should we start talking more about her as a slam contender? I think in the locker room, they've been talking about her as a slam contender, but she's just not afraid to pull the trigger. She changes personnel rather swiftly. She got a new coach in Alex Bogomolov last summer, and I think that's what clicked for her, and she's been doing very well ever since. It seems like the pieces are in order for Contovit at this time. Well, I'm not going to ask how Nika knows what they're talking about in the women's locker room on tour, but <laughs> let's suffice to Jeez. say that uh, nice. her peer group knows that she can play some great tennis. And today's another example of it. No panic, Nico, right? She's up 5-2 the first set, loses five straight games, loses that first set. Mm -hmm. You think maybe she'll start to wobble a little bit. Doesn't. Guts out a tie break, gets down 5-2 in the third, and comes back again. That's about confidence. That's all about those match wins. And she absolutely is a major title contender. All right, so let me flip that around. You just talked about the deficits that Contivate overcame. That also means that those are the exact same leads that Sakari squandered in that match. Up a set in 3-1, then up 5-2 in the third. Is that the kind of loss in a final that maybe leaves some scar tissue on Sakari? It is, but if I'm the coach, I'm saying, look, you were down 5-2 in the first set. You, you were getting thumped. You had no right winning the first set, and you hung around. And a couple little hiccups in that third set. From 5-2 down, I watched every point from 5-2 down. She made a couple mistakes, but Contivate started hitting the ball extremely big, totally confident and with no fear. And that's what happens when you win that, when that many matches. Well, we talked about this yesterday, how Sakari tends to get a little nervy when the big occasion comes. I think that's exactly what happened today. And when you have an opponent that you know is high on confidence, that's going to make you hit an extra ball, it's in the back of your head. And I just think it affected. Everybody, everybody squanders a lead now and then. Three cheers for Contivate. That's 20 straight wins indoors, four straight titles for her. Lots more to get to on our post-game edition of TC Live. We'll have the top five best of the best from all four of our venues across this week. Plus, Tennis Channel continues its celebration of Black History Month tonight. We honor American star and Wimbledon finalist Mal Washington. Stay with us. More on TC Live in a moment. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Olympian. 
Grand Slam finalist and a leading figure in welcoming new faces to the sport of tennis, Malave Washington has made a tremendous impact on the game. He competed for 10 years on the ATP Tour, winning four titles. A member of the 1996 U.S. Olympic team, in the same year, he also reached the Wimbledon final. The last African-American man to reach a Grand Slam final. That same year, he founded the Malibu Washington Youth Foundation in Jacksonville, Florida, with the goal of introducing tennis to urban youth. The foundation grew into a comprehensive after-school development program offering summer camps, tennis instruction, college and career prep, and mental health counseling. Since the program's inception, Malibu Washington Youth Foundation has raised over $1.4 million for college scholarships and reached over 20,000 children with its students boasting an incredible 100% on-time graduation rate. Malavai Washington's impact can be measured far beyond his tour success, opening doors for underserved youth and providing them a pathway to succeed on and off the court. Thanks to Nick Monroe for that. Throughout the month of February, Tennis Channel will continue to celebrate Black History Month by highlighting the heroes and pioneers whose hard work and achievements have been vital to the growth and health of our sport. We'll have another feature for you tomorrow on TC Live, and you can see the full catalog of stories hosted by Nick and Taylor Townsend right now on TennisChannel.com. Back on TC Live and a surprise special guest for the final in Dallas for Opelka and Brooksby. It was President number 43, George Bush the Younger, shaking hands in the corner with the fellas, doing the coin flip and like everybody, marveling at the size of that man with all the salad in the bowl. President got a first row seat and watched the serving begin. Yeah, this was uh, a very interesting contrast in styles. We know what Riley Opelka is going to do on his first serve, but when he gets into rallies and starts hitting shots like that and feels comfortable at the back, he can be a nightmare. When Riley executes 77% uh, victorious second serve attempts, that's a problem. I was a little surprised Brooksby didn't change second serve return locations. Once they got into the tiebreaker, Riley just played better. He got a lead in both the tiebreaks, so he had a little bit of a margin. And here at 5-6, has the kind of point Brooksby does that he wants and makes the unforced error. Was unhappy about that, tossed the racket after the first set. More of the same in the second set. Some great variation from Opelka. A little short chip down to the forehand side. And how about the inside-in forehand winner? It was a great exhibition of patience for Opelka, but most importantly, a terrific exhibition of composure. Love to see Riley Opelka this positive, this composed and clear in his mind. And that's really what got him over the finish line. Really a treat to watch him play like this. Opelka never broken in the tournament. In fact, he faced just one break point the entire week. It was early in this match, and that was it. As the shorty backhand wrapped it up. And Riley Opelka, who won this tournament when it was on Long Island, now wins it in its new location in Dallas. Third career title for the big fella. Second final for Brooksby in just his 10th career tour-level event. So now here's the list of American men with the most titles. There are actually 12 guys who are active, who have titles, and with his third, Opelka, moves up into fifth position. Only John, Sam, Stevie, and Jack have more. 
Well, Isner has been incredible in his 13, 14 years. You know, he, he's just been there for the whole American contingency that we're seeing now. So you have to give him a lot of credit. Quarry, with 10 titles, also has done his part. We'll see where he goes from here. But I expect a lot more from, from this new uh, American crop of players. They're really good. All right, forget about Opelka serving, because we, we knew how good that was. And if you didn't, the 39 aces yesterday should have told you. Serving, returning, ground game, field shots, tennis IQ. Is that the most complete Riley Opelka we've seen? It is. And then, like I said, when he takes care of his second serve like that against a great returner and wins nearly 80%, he's so difficult to deal with. I was actually surprised at how consistently he decided to stay way back and return second serves. Remember, Brooksby's second serve is mid-70s, low-80s mile per So you, you, don't, you don't like the bootleg Medvedev that he's claiming I, to be? I think it looks good, but I also think it gives his opponent a lot of rhythm. And, and Riley's serve is so good that he got away with with it today and generally can because he's hitting the ball well but if I were Riley like I say about John Isner too I, I like those guys short points on the returns don't you don't have to back ball do it once in a while but that's the foundation that Riley played today hard to argue with success but I would think about that one what should the takeaway be for Jensen Brooksby he won some tight ones this week showed us some things still just his 10th career event he's going deep pretty regularly now I think so but I was surprised by Opelka winning that many points from the back and in terms of Brooksby I think he was affected by the lack of rhythm when you play a guy like Opelka and also his second serve he thought about it he sometimes preferred to put in the first serve under 100 miles per hour and I think that that gave Opelka who I'm surprised Again, how well he played from the back. Great moving by the big guy. But Brooksby, a great week again, and he's coming, and he's coming strong. Yeah, he is, and we're going to get a look at both of those guys again this coming week in Delray Beach. That's a home game for Big Riley. Let's go to the fourth and final final. Allow myself to introduce <laughs> myself and Casper Rood and Diego Schwartzman, defending champ and the champ from two years ago. Full house in Buenos Aires. That's just beautiful to watch, to see the past two champions of this event. And there you hear it, everybody behind El Peque. <laughs> but Rude just too strong this week. This first set, Schwartzman had come down from a breakdown. The crowd really behind him. And we talked about this with Paul. This guy just got up lot stronger last season. Casper Ruud with the five titles. He hasn't lost him forever in a 250 on the clay. He is the king and you have to start somewhere. So yes, he is a contender when it comes to clay court tournaments and here you have him with the backhand slice passing shot to put it up at a set a piece. We go to the decider. Ruud starts very well with the early break, and Schwartzman just wasn't expecting so much power from Ruth Schwartzman. Leads the head-to-head 5-2 at this point. Nothing he'll rather do than win at home to defend the title. And here at match point, Casper Ruud lifting the trophy again in Buenos Aires. Great win for the Norwegian. And Diego Schwartzman with another great week at home. He beat three straight Argentine opponents to win that title. And here is the list of guys who've won the most clay titles since the start of 2020. Guys, Casper Ruud has doubled everybody else in the field. Remember, he won three on the trot last year in the Bostad, Gestad, Kitzbühel, Shad, did a lot of a lot of SHs without the Hs. You get the picture. He's good on the clay. Let's go to uh, social net for this championship Sunday. What are folks doing and saying on social media? How you dance when you win your first <laughs> ATP title, Felix? You go get it. 
You do it however you want. You do whatever you want, big That's... fella. That's a heck of a week for you, and uh, a lot of heartbreak in the finals before this, but. Uh, Enjoy it. It just makes it all the sweeter. You know, that's called a mood dance, and he shared it with all his fans. That's beautiful. That wasn't today. That, that's just an old dance. But, but that, presumably somewhere tonight in He'll Rotterdam, be he should be. Felix should, he has earned he a dance, be. and he's old enough to have a drink now, so he should have one of those as well. <laughs> uh, this is a topic that came up yesterday. Some folks were not loving the uh, distraction tactics, if you will, that Jensen Brooksby was using last night in the semifinal. And then a little bit again today, he was waving his arms around. At one point, he tapped his racket while his opponent was getting ready to hit. I believe we have some video of it here. I'm curious what you guys think, if this is a fair dinkum or if he needs to cut this out. No, he does. You see him stick his arms out like an airplane there. And we saw him do it a few times yesterday. Just have a watch. The football's a sitter, and he puts his arms out. It should be a hindrance. It's really the umpire's uh, position to say something to him. Look, he's a very good kid. He's new on the tour. This is a simple conversation with his coach, with the tour, and with his peers in the locker room, and, and he'll change it. All right, this is a uh, tweet from former world number one Yevgeny Kafelnikov, who got some video of Rafa on the golf course. And uh, Kafelnikov uh, gave him some ugats <laughs> about uh, not only his swing, but also about, and, and they edited this, so it was much longer. The time he took to set up was a little bit like the time that he takes to get ready to serve. Yevgeny is a hell of a golfer, but he took his time to imitate Rafa. Rafa's swing is very peculiar. He's basically a backhand. It's his two-handed backhand, yeah, isn't it, Nico? Yeah, yeah, it's his two-handed exactly. backhand. And he's a Not very, a very good golfer. But, the, but the, part, the part you didn't see, unfortunately, we edited out, is him putting the tee in the ground. It's exactly like when he lines up his water bottles ah. at the chair. He was, like, very deliberate. He was hunched over <laughs> okay. for a while. You do what you want to do. And, of course, as you can see, exactly. a righty golfer, just like he is eating and it works. writing. A lot, of, a lot of two-handed backhand guys play golf the opposite hand, right? Yeah, even one-handed. Yeah. Lendl plays left-handed as okay. well. Yeah, Connors plays right-handed, and, you know, Matt's plays left-handed. Agassi plays lefty. Jimbo, Jim Courier plays, plays lefty. lefty. Yep. Todd Martin plays lefty. The best Marty of Fish. them all, Marty, yeah. Yeah, Le all right, so there you go. Two-handed backhand play the other way. We're going to take a break, and we come back. Best of the best from this week around the globe. Stay with us on TC Live. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back on TC Live, and a quick reminder that Tennis Channel is once again exclusive home for complete first ball through the finals coverage of the BNP Paribas Open in Indian Wells, California. Don't miss any of the star-studded action, men and women from the California desert, beginning Wednesday, March 9th, exclusively on Tennis Channel. With that, time to bring you best of the best Incredible. from the week. Top five plays as curated by our crack Tennis Channel video staff, starting with number five. And that comes courtesy of Andre Rublev, Paul, in Rotterdam. Well, let's see it, guys. Rublev is usually known for pure power and only power. How about a little variety here? Watch the bounce, gang. Oh. Yes, indeed. That's a Nico Pereira special, oh baby, right oh there. Back in the day, Pereira used to do this with his eyes closed. <laughs> no problem. Rublev, not known for the volley, but I guess he's improving. Number four, Veronica Kudermatova in St. Petersburg. Uh, 
this is a very talented player wherever you want to put her. And she's been coming up the rankings. This one against Bencic. Oh, Bencic yeah. dominating the point. But on the run, yes. Kudermatola does it right. Lots of space up the line. Look where Bencic hits that inside out four and doesn't get back in time to cover. Not happy. Not happy, huh? Nope. Number three, the Methuselah of this week in tennis, Andrea Seppi in Dallas. Look how smooth he is. Watch his continental forehand grip pass. Okay, gang. That's the old school right there. Squash shot. Just turn the grip over, flick it cross court, and watch the old timer. That is good stuff. That's a wooden racket shot. Nice stuff, exactly. Number two, got to give one to Felix in Rotterdam, Nico. Well, talking about a guy with confidence with Cam Norrie, but look at the cat moving on the run, off the line. That forehand such working wonders for him this week. What an effort. Look how far off the court he is. Unbelievable mover. Big, powerful steps. That's awesome. All right, Felix the cat. That's number two. Number one. We give it to an Argentine guy in Buenos Aires, Federico Coria against Lajovic. Well, if you all wonder what it looks like to feel comfortable moving on clay, have a look at this point right here. Look at this. Little slide slide for a couple push-ups. Come on, do a couple Prakash Amitraj push-ups there. A couple one-handers. On the dirt. Look at him. Look at that. That is easy and fun to watch. All right, do we agree with the order this week? Do you have a favorite that was off the menu? Anybody? I don't know. That I first shot, them. that first shot by the volley by Rublin. Yeah, the one that bounced back in a match. You got that should have yeah. been number one. I like that. Also, I blame Chiz. Don't 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 blame the producer. To me, hot shot of the week. If you want to go like with an image as the hot shot of the week, was Del Potro draping the oh, headband. See, I know you're, sentimental, you're right? Nostalgic but like that. I am. That's your journalistic side coming. It's a little out. little tiny Del Potro tear no, down right. my face. You're right. Right. Yeah, this was Del Potro week. I know. Whichever way you put it. Yep. Let's so Delpo's week is this week, but now we look ahead to next week because look at the embarrassment of riches we have on the menu. Dubai, we've talked about how crazy the draw is there. You got Collins versus Muguruza in the first round, Coco Goff against uh, Jesse Pagula, I think, in the first round. And then the guys, four venues, including Rio on the Golden Swing. What stands out to you guys here? What are you looking forward to seeing? Who are you looking forward to seeing? Go ahead, Nico. Oh, I like Andy Murray always when he's on the draw. It's just fantastic what he's been doing, the way he came back. Shapovalov, after playing so well in Australia, I think he should have beaten Rafa. That was the chance to beat Rafa in the quarterfinals. After that, it was game over. Berrettini, always a pleasure to watch him. How about the women? The draw is so packed. I can't yes. wait to see who can work. Whoever's, whoever gets through next week uh, in the WTA Tour, playing some great tennis. All right. We look forward to it. We'll have it all for you. All five hot venues beginning bright and early tomorrow morning as we start another week of center court coverage. That is going to do it for this week. For Paul Anacone, Nico Pereira, and our entire Tennis Channel crew, I'm Brett Haber. Thanks so much for joining us throughout the week, and congrats to our four champions. Felix Oje Aliassim getting his first in Rotterdam against Stefanos Tsitsipas. Annette Contivate extending her indoor win streak to 20 in St. Pete. Riley Opelka winning the inaugural tournament in Dallas and Casper Ruud taking out Diego Schwartzman in Buenos Aires.